everybody understands that we are just monkeys who like to talk to each other. This is how we socialise. And podcasting, I think, is more powerful than almost any other form of media. I think podcasting is incredibly powerful on an incredibly biological level because it feels really important when somebody's talking right into your ear. Hello, and welcome to the Noble Marketing Ideacast. I'm Becky Holland. Hey, am I the guest on this week's podcast? You should listen to this week's podcast because we're going to be talking about making podcasts. Why? Who are you? Well, I am Izzy Lawrence. I've been making podcasts since 2008. I've got one at the moment out on BBC Sounds called Your Place Online with Sean Keaveney. I also make them for institutions like the British Museum. And for myself, I love science and I've got one called Terrible Lizards. I am Izzy Lawrence. I'm a podcaster, broadcaster, comedian and author. And I'm here to tell you all the tips and secrets that I found out in my years of professional broadcasting. And I'm Chris and I'm a podcast producer. <laughs> He's got the proper headphones and everything. <laughs> These are BBC standard issue. Did you steal them? No, I did not. How dare you? I borrowed them for a while. <laughs> So I guess question number one, author, comedian, historian, podcast, and it was a really long list. Which did you do first out of interest? Stand-up comedy of all of it. So I was, I did um, stand-up comedy when I was at university and I did rather well. And um, But then I wanted to join the real world at the same time that, you know, I left uni in 2008. So that's when the kind of universe imploded. And so it was actually easier to get a job doing stand-up comedy than any real work at that time. So I did do that and I got into podcasting that same year. So I've been podcasting since 2008. Which is quite a long time. How long have you been podcasting, Chris? Um, Podcasting probably since 2010 or something. I win. Yeah, you were. I'm the oldest here. (laughs) (laughs) Although we we graduated the same year when uh, everything fell apart. But yeah, I was doing local radio. I, was do- I did hospital radio. You're listening to Watford Hospital Radio with music, news, and information. W-H-R. Welcome to another edition of Left of the Dial on Watford Hospital Radio. My name's Chris, and I'm with you until eight o'clock this evening playing a mixture of stuff. Even I don't know what's going to be played tonight. Although I do know this first track is Waxahachie. And then I did my local radio in Watford and would always make stuff on the side. And then I eventually just tried to make it my job. So you both did the stuff that you really like. It's, it's not, it's not, do, the, do the fun stuff for your job. It's the way the world should be. Yeah, do the fun stuff. Yeah, Because nobody needs regular income. That's for wusses. Yeah, he wants to be stable and secure. Not me. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so how did you get into podcasting? I guess kind of question to you first. Is it how did it come like was it you were you like, I want to make a podcast, or did somebody approach you, or what happened? Yeah, 
I, I started listening to podcasting and see when I like something, I tend to do it. That seems to be my rule in life. So I quite like painting stuff. I'll get into painting. I quite like, you know, watching people beat each other up. I'll do jujitsu. So I um, started listening to podcasts, mainly because I was trying to find more interviews with authors I liked. So I think um, I got into really sort of like Skeptic's Guide to the Universe. I think there was one called QED or something like that. Really old um, skeptic stuff. I was into science and nerdy stuff. So that's where I got into it. And then um, Andy Zaltzman and John Oliver started doing the bugle. Hello, buglers, and welcome to this, the last full bugle of 2020, a year that has been an absolute object lesson in how to be a thoroughly shit 12 months. And I thought, oh, that's a really lovely, you know, idea. I wish I could do a podcast. My friend Simon, who's a TV writer, he was like, oh, I've been listening to podcasts too. And we said, we should do one. So we did a very silly one, which lasted, I think, seven or eight years because uh, we'd had just enough fans that they wouldn't let us not do it. <laughs> it was called Sunday Supplements, where we reviewed last Sunday's newspapers. So which newspaper should have you bought last Sunday? <laughs> So we did it as a silly comedy one, and it wasn't until 2014 that I thought, ooh, actually, I've got good ideas for some, and I've been pitching Radio 4 with shows and that sort of thing, and actually I've got a few good ideas of my own, and so I'll start doing that. And that was roughly around the same sort of time that Radio 4 started to use me. So I did a podcast called The Deadlist Deadlist, which is about obscure people from history, and um, basically the British Museum got interested in me on the back of that and started to do it as a live show for them. And Radio 4 heard me on that and got me to do some regular journalism and presenting for them. So I sort of worked my way into it. I did what I wanted to do and then somebody paid me. That's the dream, isn't it? That is the dream. And then during lockdown, I started one called Terrible Lizards. Welcome to Terrible Lizards, a podcast about dinosaurs. With Dr. David Hone. Which is a podcast about dinosaurs with Dr. David Hone, um, who is a paleontologist from St. Anne's or Mary's University. It's either Mary or Anne's. I always get it confused and he gets annoyed every time because it matters. <laughs> We're starting a very flappy flap heavy series seven with the original pterosaur, Pterodactylus. Hello and welcome to Terrible Lizard. And it's been going quite well. We're reasonably successful at that. And then... There's also my new one, which is called, um, what is it called, Izzy? I can't remember. Yes, I can. It's called Your Place or Mine, and it was that lovely Sean Keaveney. Hi. Hello, and welcome to Your Place or Mine from BBC Radio 4, the travel show that's going nowhere. I'm basically the boffin on that. It's like the opposite, like in Terrible Lizards, I'm the idiot. And on this one, Sean Keaveney's the idiot. Ooh, telephones. Oh, that's going to be my mum and dad's phone ringing. Hopefully somebody will answer it in a second. Oh, hang on. I've got the dog barking as well, so that's good timing. The nature of podcasting. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) So when you say you had just enough just enough followers to make it something you keep on going like how many is how many is just enough now how many is just enough is really done i'm not i hate people who judge podcasts by numbers 
because you can have a lot of listeners and absolutely no engagement. Okay. So just enough is enough engagement that they bother you. Now, that could be you've got 10 listeners and each one of those 10 people will write in and annoy you and make your social media life hell if you don't do what they say. So I would say I'd say it's more about engagement than numbers. But um, I think Sunday Supplement, we had we, we were getting about a thousand downloads a week. It wasn't huge. However, that was enough. You know, if you think about that as a theatre of people, that's huge. I'd be quite happy with a thousand a week. Exactly. But you don't need a thousand a week. I know, like, if, you're, if you've got 300 people and they're really engaged and they really understand what you're doing, then that's all you need. That's more important to me. Because I think it's quite interesting. Obviously, what you what you do, you're 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 doing something that is you know, to, to entertain and educate people. Whereas a lot of the people that I'm talking to, this is this about business, or we think we should do a a, a, a podcast, but it still it's needs to be the same. Thing. Exactly, that's my point. Is if people aren't entertained, if they're not engaged, if they're not wanting to have a conversation with you about it, then you've probably missed the mark. It's very easy, um, business. Just earn some money. There you go. It's not the most entertaining <laughs> thing to sort of tell people. And it is entirely. You'll know in business that it's all about relationships and interpersonal skills and being able to engage somebody who isn't even there is even better than... I think. I think everybody understands that we are just, you know, um, monkeys who like to talk to each other. This is how we socialise and podcasting I think is more powerful than almost any other form of media because you are there in their ears you're not even sort of there on the shelf like a radio you're actually in their heads while they're doing intimate things like taking a bath or going to the gym or walking up the hill to get the paper whatever it is you are right there with them you're on the train with them you are the distraction from whatever uncomfortable world that they're living in and you're the thing which most of their attention is going to. And it's more, you don't even get that with a romantic partner half the time. Do you ever sit down and listen to your romantic partner for half an hour? <laughs> I have to. You have to, <laughs> fair enough. But it is, it is um, you know, this is what I, th- I think podcasting is incredibly powerful on, the, on an incredibly biological level because it feels really important when somebody's talking right into your ear, much more than it does when they're on a screen on your YouTube in the little panel over in the side while you're meant to be doing that Excel spreadsheet. Yeah, it's true. And you're the only person, I suppose, that's the thing I was just thinking about when I'm listening to podcasts and I'm out walking the dog. There's nobody else there. There's no distractions. That's just me and whoever it happens to be. As it happens, it was me, you, Sean Keaveney and Michaela Strachan talking about Cape Town last week. It's a good one, that one. That was weird, sat opposite her, going, Hi, oh, I like animals because of you. It's a really bad show. Oh. But yeah, no, it, it, is, it is incredibly powerful. And podcasting not only is useful just to engage people full stop, but it's also a very useful way of learning how to do that. Yeah. I think, yeah, that's really well put. And I think I'll use a bit of that for the top line quote for the beginning of the podcast. There we go. Oh, there you go. There we go. <laughs> So what's your view on this, Chris? Because you've been doing this for a while as well. Agree. Exactly what Izzy said about being in someone's ears while they're doing things, going about their day. Like me personally, I spend every waking hour sitting at my desk making podcasts. You'd think the last thing I'd want to do is listen to a podcast, but then I'll go downstairs to make a cup of tea or empty the dishwasher or something, and then I'll stick Adam Buxton on or something like that and and listen to him while I'm emptying the dishwasher, 
you know, getting some water for the dog or, you know, while I'm out for a walk with her. And it's having its company, isn't it? I guess is the very basic form of it. It's company. Mm. I think it's probably because they're in your ears and in your head that you feel so connected to them and that they're so regular that you form a sort of a weird bond with these people that you've never met. And that is really comforting, I think. So if you met them in the street, you'd say hello and they go, how are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're best mates. We go on walks, we go on runs, yeah. <laughs> we tidy the house. Yeah, exactly. You're always with me. It is that thing of celebrities in general. You feel like you know them and they have no idea who you are. And it's a very weird, you know, it's like seeing a mirror and you're just going, oh, Oh, you have no idea. You don't know that you were there that time that my dad was in the hospital and I didn't. And this is my only entertainment. You don't know all of that, but you get to know somebody. And also because the nature of podcasting, because a lot of us do it from our homes and a lot of it all where we're very comfortable. And as a result, things just get, you know, we let things slip and we forget we've told the universe about it. Yeah, it's, it's very intimate. Because you're recording basically to no one you don't get that instant reaction. So you kind of feel less vulnerable while you're doing it. It's only when it goes out into the world that you realise, oh, yeah, someone's going to hear that. Um, yeah, so I recently, I recorded the first seven months of having a puppy, which drove me absolutely mad. Um, I had several breakdowns, uh, a lot of them on mic. And Erica Heilman, who produces a podcast in America called Rumble Strip, which I really, really recommend, she put all the footage together and made a podcast about me and my partner, Beth, getting this puppy. Day 25, 5am. I've always wanted a dog. And I've got a dog and I feel like I can't cope. And I feel like... I'm completely out of control and she's just wild. <laughs> and I feel like I'm failing. I feel like I'm doing everything right and failing. It's no good for your self-esteem. <laughs> and it was only when it went out live in the world that I realised, oh my God, I'm just basically crying for 30 minutes. And I don't, <laughs> you don't think of that while you're doing it because... It feels, I don't know, it just feels kind of safe. Mm. But that's what makes it genuine, though. I think that's what makes it feel real, isn't it? Because people will open themselves up perhaps a little bit more than they would if they were sat there with a camera pointing at them. Yeah, I think cameras really put people off when you're interviewing them. Yeah, you instantly act differently. Yeah, but also you do get it. If you tell people, I'm going to interview you now and I'm going to ask you these questions. My mother is like this because she will slow down and she will talk really simply because she believes, because most people are much stupider than her, that they need to have these things spoken very slowly. <laughs> covered this a little bit but in terms of kind of talking about it being genuine relaxed all the rest but what makes a good podcast because you could quite have a nice relaxing chat but actually not really have much substance does that does that make a good podcast or do you need to really kind of think about the topic and the audience and all that type of stuff like what's what's good in podcast world okay so number one 
know kind of who you're speaking to or wanting to speak to and about what helps. Make it clear what you want to talk about and get to that quite quickly off the bat. You get into the meat quickly. When you're in the meat, the meat is what you want it to be. And that doesn't mean to say it has to be ping, 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 really heavily edited and all the ums and ahs taken out. It can just be what it is. But there's a regular sort of like, this is the point of this conversation in there. And I think that really helps. Um, and you're just clear about what to expect. So if your first episode's 10 minutes, your second episode isn't three and a half hours and your third episode isn't 30 minutes, you're going to have some sort of clear okay, this person, I, I've got to commute. I want to, my commute's going to last 35 minutes. I'm going to listen to a 30-minute podcast on my commute. Fair enough. But if it's 30 minutes one week, 50 minutes next week, 10 minutes the week after, it becomes quite a frustrating experience for the user. So the more you can make it easily digestible, the better. However, the beauty of podcasts, as we've already discussed, is they're not as edited as radio. It is this able, ability to sit down and it's like you're there. So if you make it too processed, it becomes mush and nobody wants to listen to mush. Yeah, I kind of felt a little bit like that with the first couple of episodes that, that we did because I first got into podcasting because I was a guest on somebody else's podcast. He said, oh, you can just do it yourself. Download this bit of software, interview a few people, put it together and it will all be fine. And I interviewed three people. And then I had this bit of software, I can't even remember what it was called, some Adobe software, and I had all the different tracks and weeks and weeks of my life, and it was just help. And then I found Chris and said, help, and actually he was able to rescue it. But that first one wasn't that great, if I'm honest. The guests were really good. All the individual interviews were very good, but it was too forced, you know, and it's taken a little while, I think, to get it to this point where we're actually just having a nice, natural conversation. I don't know what you think. Chris, but this feels much better. This is, it's more free-flowing and more natural, and that's who you are, so that's what you should stick with. Doing a narrated podcast wasn't your style. I thought it turned out really well. I thought it was a really good episode, and I thought the links between all the speakers, you would then introduce the next speaker, mm. pose a question and introduce the next speaker, and I thought you did it, I thought you did it really well. Marketing in this world is tough. I mean, it's really tough. Getting market share is even harder. Time for me to introduce my first guests. Hi, I'm Jasper Martens. Uh, I am the CMO at Pension B. Uh, Pension B is. It was a lot more hard work. I can tell you that. <laughs> it's a lot more hard work for both of us. Um, yeah, and I think you're naturally you just want to have a chat. So that's what you should do. You shouldn't try and force yourself down a certain route. If that's not who you are, I don't think you should do that. Mm. So all of this makes it sound quite difficult. And I guess there's going to be people looking to, listening to this that go, well, this is all very well. There's no way I could do it. I know my topic, whatever it is, some some digital marketing thing inside outside upside down or it, you know I'm we, we do sustainable buildings and we do whatever it is we've got boffins but how on earth do we make it interesting so how do you you know is it just a case of just starting like what would what would you say to somebody that's thinking oh, I should do this I've got lots of material you can't it's really 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 difficult and you need a producer 
hire me. I'll do it for you. Can't, you can't do it by yourself. You need me. <laughs> but obviously come via BHMP. <laughs> if, if Chris is too busy, if Chris is too busy, um, it's really thinking about who you're talking to. Hmm. So if you are, a, what did you say, sustainable building architect? Yeah. Who are you trying to connect with? You're trying to connect with other sustainable, you know, people within your industry and people considering maybe hiring an architect for a sustainable building. So they're going to be searching for, ooh, how do I get an architect for sustainable buildings? And you're going to be searching for, you know, other architects sharing work, whatever it is. So you've got, you want that industry to be listening to your podcast. What's that industry want? They want to know what's going on, what are the difficulties coming up, what are the future projections, who are, you know, the people who are coming up with the new ideas, what's fashionable, what isn't, just like any sort of industry magazine. And the point is, unlike an industry magazine, you can make it much more friendly, much more accessible for people in the industry. So it becomes more of a chat, so it becomes more of a, how did you get involved in this? Oh, I started in engineering and I was a mud engineer, but I decided I was earning too much money, so I went off into, you know, whatever it is. And then this is it's basically it's about creating a little network and you can do that around conversation and by opening that conversation up to everybody in your industry then they'll start receiving it going well actually i disagree with that and then you can have them on and go well why do you disagree with that and you know and this will this will generate conversation so it's really thinking about what your industry wants to hear about. And if your industry is a load of ostriches with their heads in the sand, you can make some big waves. Yes. And those may probably be the people that need to do podcasting more than anybody else. Yeah. I would add to what Izzy said on a technical level. You just asked, like, if someone's thinking about it and they think it sounds incredibly difficult. It depends what type of podcast you want, really, because like anybody with a phone can literally make a podcast there's an app called anchor you can download anchor you can record it within the app you can add music you can add jingles you can edit it within anchor and publish it from anchor it's all done in your phone so it depends what you want to do you could sit there next to your friend shoulder to shoulder with the phone in the middle and chat and then edit it on your phone afterwards if you want a bit more of a high-end production, you might need to get some editing software. You might want to get a nicer mic. It all depends on the on the on the level that you want to do. Mm. But in answer to the question, what would I say if someone wanted to make a podcast? I'd say go for it because podcasting really gets a bad rap. People say, "Oh bloody hell, not another podcast." Everyone's got a podcast these days. So what? There's hundreds and thousands of movies. Look at all the music and books and films out there. Podcast is minuscule in comparison. Yeah. And so what? I mean, there is a load of junk, but there's a load of rubbish art as well. I think if you want to do it, go for it. Why not? No one has to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> what, do you do, what do you do if uh, if you get a guest on and they're, and they're terrible? You start interviewing, you start talking to them and they just can't do it it depends why they're bad if they're bad because um they just you know they just have frozen up completely you can try and get to relax if that isn't the reason and they're just terribly boring and they really don't have anything to say about it and they don't know about it this is when we have the wonderful thing of oh no do you remember that podcast episode that we did the other week unfortunately every single bit of technology i had exploded and we lost the recording i'm really sorry <laughs> Thank you.
had an opportunity to ask Lawrence Delalio to be on my podcast and I had the opportunity to ask Noel Fitzpatrick to be on my podcast and neither of them accepted and they missed this great opportunity to just have this nice chat. Exactly. They're too famous. Well, it's not they're too famous. They're often too busy and they get... The trouble is, it's not that you do get a lot of requests. So even I get a lot of requests. The thing is, when you're asking people to be on your podcast, you have to remember that you are an email in their inbox and their ability to accidentally ignore an email in their inbox or not reply to an email in their inbox is nothing to do with you and your self-worth because it's not. It's literally, they've got a life. At that moment, you know, they spilled a drink when they got that email. And there you go. That's that's your, you know, your one shot gone. But it's not. And everything's about chance and you're you're statistically likely to do better the more you fling emails out there and ask. I got really lucky early days when I was just making a podcast for fun. Me and a couple of friends used to make a podcast about cultural anniversaries. So it would be like 30 years of the Game Boy or like 10 years since the smoking ban and all this kind of stuff. And it was coming up to 30 years of The Simpsons. And we got in touch with Jay Kogan, who's a Simpsons writer. He wrote for the first four seasons. And we just said, I don't suppose you fancy chatting to us about The Simpsons, do you? And he did. And we got to interview Jay Kogan. And I could not believe that he actually replied. And he was such a lovely bloke. So I would say throw those emails out because you never know. You might get 100 rejections, but you might get to speak to a Simpsons writer, which is pretty cool. Don't ask, you don't get. Exactly. Exactly. And the real thing is you have to, um, when you first start the podcast, you have to swallow all pride and say, hello, everybody I've ever met. Um, I'm starting a new podcast. I'm going to be really annoying about it. And I'm going to continue telling everybody about it on all my social media platforms. And also when I'm in the gym and also when I'm down the shop. And did I mention this? And yes, you're going to get sick of me telling you about it. And the next time I see you go, what do you remember the name of my podcast is? And I go, go oh, duh, duh, duh. and then you're going to go, it's this. And you're, and you're going to, oh, yeah, it's that. I'm going to listen. And they won't. But the point is that one day they'll be bored and I'll just go, oh, I'll just put it on and say I listened. And then they will, and some of them might like it, some of them won't. But you need to get your friends to review you, to listen to you, and to like you, because that's the only way you're going to attract other people to it. The way that the, you know, a lot of um, people find podcasts through the actual apps themselves. And so if your podcast is doing well, the app will recommend them. Now, the magic of this, I'm sure Chris has theories and you know all the different ways to do it but honestly if you can get your audience to write a review that will push you up higher in the charts there are tips and tricks we could talk about when you're launching a podcast if you want to do that yes. i don't know how long how long how you long, want to chat for how long have how long have you got <laughs> <laughs> Quick tips if you're launching a podcast. This is what I found, okay, that I think works. When you first launch, launch the first two or three episodes at the same time. So you launch a trailer, you make sure that that gets on all the apps. So make sure that, because it takes a few days when you first launch something for it to get on the app. So launch a trailer, say, we're coming soon. Keep this feed, subscribe to this channel, you know, so make sure you're subscribed on the app. And then when you launch, launch two or three at the same time. 
so that you get that initial bump of listeners. So the same one listener counts as three downloads because they listened to three episodes and that gets you that initial bump. Then you wait a week for episode four and then that'll give you another one. Then it looks like you've got a regular, you know, um, audience coming in and it might get you up the charts a bit and might get you some organic listens that way. Um, being really, really regular and clear about the type of podcast you're doing. So Terrible Lizards, we always do it as eight episode seasons and we run those seasons three times a year. That's kind of how we've been doing it. But that first initial trailer for season one really matters because a lot of people will listen to that and decide whether they want to listen. So make sure that really represents what you're on about and you're happy with it. So really think about your launch and think about trying to make sure that everybody Nobody can escape it because a lot of what people happen is they'll just go, oh, I don't, I'm a bit embarrassed. I don't want to tell anybody about it. It's cringy. And I'll put it out there. Oh, nobody listened to it. Oh, well, I can't do it. And so therefore I don't have to. I tried. I tried. And you didn't try. It's the same like that with a lot of marketing, though. I talk about it quite a lot with clients about making wells in the, in the middle of the desert. And it's like you make this great stuff. If you don't tell everybody about it, then they won't come. They'll all be parched of thirst half a mile from your well dying. It's there. It's yes. this great stuff. Go out and tell everybody about it. Even if it's uncomfortable, even if it's full of bloopers, even if you completely stuff it up, just get people coming. And the more you practice and the more you do it, and the more people are talking about it, the better it will be. Exactly. It's it's. It, I understand it entirely because it's much easier to fail than it is to risk actually trying and failing. This has been a lot of fun. Thank you so much. No worries. Bit to later. Bye. Bye, Izzy. Cheers. Bye. I thought that was awesome. I thought I was terrible, but she was amazing, and you were pretty good. <laughs> Thanks. Terrible, amazing, and pretty good. <laughs> Take that. <laughs> so that about wraps it up for season two, episode five. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. Um, episode six promises to be just as good. So I will see you next time. Until then, have a good week. Bye. The Noble Marketing Ideacast is brought to you by BHP. We're creative venture marketeers helping clients with purpose transform their results and not their Instaglow. Find out more. Visit our website at bhandp.com. That's B-H-A-N-D-P.com or follow us on LinkedIn. Thank you to our producer, the highly talented Chris Atterey. Till next time, I'm Becky Holland. Thanks for listening. <laughs>